0: Hey, everybody. (laughs) Hello. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast. Episode four, five. I think it's five. Five? I don't know. We split one into two and that threw me off. (laughs) We we split our second episode into two parts. And that was, what a way to start. No, I'm confused. Yeah, well, my name's Stuart. I'm a Republican. I'm Ben and I'm a Democrat. And today we're going to talk about some stuff. Um, We're going to kind of bounce off of the... Um, BLM conversation we had last week, um, and talk about um, some more race issues. Mm-hmm. Um, but first, we have some news for the week—stuff that happened this week. Yeah, Ben, what you got? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just like a bunch of little. Like, I haven't honestly this week. I haven't like delved into any of the news topics. I've just like seen little notifications and stuff here and there like we said you know trump he did pardon michael flynn i believe he did pardon michael flynn okay yes. and we know he was talking about giving out some preemptive pardons to ivanka and jared kushner and which some other people and wonder why he would need To do that. They haven't been convicted of anything. Yeah. I don't Like they're innocent until proven guilty. So so I don't know how that works. There's nothing to pardon them from yet. Right? (laughs) Right? Like, is there anything that we have to pardon them from? I don't know. Mm, Apparently. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not so sure about that. I can understand why he might want to protect his family from like litigation in the future, I guess. Sure. That makes sense. And I know that there's been a lot of talk. Oh, this is something we can talk about. About whether... Like Joe Biden is planning on basically cracking down on Trump and investigating him for all the supposed, you know, laws that he's broken and stuff. Which we need to call out some hypocrisy here. Which
1: we could talk about.
0: That was something that, you know, twenty sixteen was a problem when, when Trump said it about Hillary. Yeah. So and he never investigated Hillary. No. No. So but Hillary also was never president. It's true. It's true. She was never president, but I think, I think we can call it some hypocrisy. The fact that people were like, no, don't investigate Hillary. And you know, other like, ah, investigate Trump. Yeah. Okay. I feel like yeah. there could be some hypocrisy there. But, sure. But okay. anyways, um, I kind of hope he doesn't investigate Trump. Why, why do you say that? Well, because uh, as much as I believe in law and order, mm-hmm.
1: interesting, um, it,
0: <laughs> I you know like it it this needs to be a time of healing and it needs to be a time of unity and I think whereas I used I've changed my opinions on this a lot I used to believe that if Donald Trump has broken the law he needs to be punished to the extent of the law sure makes sense to me um but eh, I think it might do more good for the country to just whatever bad crap he may or may not have done to just kind of let that go. And just move on, because as much as that, you know, morally that means that we allow the rich and the powerful to get away with crap, it also means that we can come together as a country and move forward. And so I think that there would be a huge blowback and a huge pushback if we were to start investigating or, you know, convicted Trump of wrongdoings during his presidency that would make it much, much, much harder to create a unified nation again. I agree. I think there's two sides to the coin here. I mean, yes, if you want to convict Trump of any, cause, which again, we don't know if there's anything he did legally wrong, right? There's been some accusations, but there's nothing, there's been no, no convictions. Mm-hmm. He's innocent until proven guilty. He has not mm-hmm. been proven guilty, mm-hmm. and therefore he's innocent. Mm-hmm. But if there is some, are some things, I tend to agree with you and lean to the side of, Even though we're now talking about, okay, you're too big to be convicted of a crime, Mm. I think there are more important things. The same thing that I said when we talked about the election, Mm -hmm. about, okay, if Democrats really did cheat this time, then investigate it afterwards, but kind of take the hit now and just let it be because it's more important for the country to come together and to heal. Yep. So I would tend to agree with you on that as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think if there were some bombshell report that like he'd done something horrible, something sure, like, if he ah, like okay. murdered someone yeah, in the Oval Office. Then, <laughs> but, we'd have yeah, a different conversation. For sure. But as of how things stand right now, I know that I think he's got like two outstanding investigations in New York, like the New York Attorney General, uh-huh, whatever, something, like that. something. I don't know. But like whatever. <laughs> I just I just want to be done. <laughs> just I just, just move get on. rid of him. I'm just ready to move on from everything. Until anyway, until twenty twenty four at least. Yes, please. It's just can I just have a four years? <laughs> <laughs> a trumpless four a, years. A calm, tranquil arguing about other stuff. There That'd you. be great. Um so that's not really news, but Um Georgia. Um there's yep. a couple things that have happened in Georgia. Um we have some polls from the Senate runoffs. Um Yeah. Depending on if you want to believe polls or not, I have a hard time with that. Yeah, <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't trust them anymore. We one showed, I think, I don't remember which, which race it was. It was the Democrat was up seven, I think, in one poll I saw, and then one was up one. Yeah, I think um, that's, that's like what I saw. So, um, depending on if, if you believe the polls or not, which I think everyone is a little skeptical of the polls at this point. Oh, yeah. Um, even though they were fairly accurate in Georgia, actually, um, this time around. Um, okay. so it's interesting and there's still a lot of time left before the runoffs. Like both parties are going yeah. to, anything can happen. Yeah. Both parties are going to fight a war over Georgia and those Senate seats at this point. And Republicans only need one to keep, the
1: keep the Senate in
0: the majority. So, okay. so, um, if you're a conservative, if you're a Republican, I mean, maybe something a little bit Tory about. But I'm not I'm not too worried about it because I also think there are some moderate Democrats in the Senate that wouldn't vote for things like court packing, like Joe Manchin, oh, yeah, no. like Joe Manchin or um, I don't think I can name Kristen Sinema. I don't know if she would vote for court packing, Probably not. Mark Kelly. Um, so so we'll see. I think I think it's fine. But there are those polls there. And then the Trump campaign released their smoking gun in Georgia. <laughs> Which we haven't looked at. <laughs> no. I, I've looked at the video, uh-huh. but I haven't looked at the rebuttal because the election officials in Georgia basically rebutted it. I don't. Uh-huh. I didn't look at what they said, um, but it was basically a video that showed the election officials in Georgia telling everyone to leave, including the Republican uh, vote watchers,
1: uh-huh.
0: um, everyone to leave at like midnight or something and then after everybody left they pulled out these crates and started counting these ballots in georgia but again trump can have georgia and it wouldn't change the results of the election and that's been our major issue with this whole thing is trump lost by a fairly large margin in the electoral college at this point Mm. and so he can have one or two of these states and be completely right, but unless it was a widespread, coordinated effort between states, then there's there's nothing here. Yep. Um. Then we have Elliot Page. Elliot Page, formerly Ellen Page, correct. As transgender. Correct. And
1: Exciting. we're going to Trans- save
0: me. save our discussion on that until we get either to <laughs> yeah. the G's or the T's. <laughs> yep. Yep, yeah. That's a topic for later today. Or the L's, I don't know. But but yes, that is something that is newsworthy. For sure. Um, Supreme Court protected DACA. Correct. I don't know what that means. I haven't looked into it. (laughs) I just saw a banner on my phone. Yep, yep, (laughs) they did. Um, And then the House voted on a marijuana bill. I don't know what that means either. Um, basically, passed the House and for a national legalization of marijuana, won't pass the Senate. No, or the president at this point. But well, okay, and that was so I did see that was for the federal criminalization of marijuana, Correct. right? Correct. So, can states still make marijuana illegal? I would assume so, unless okay. unless the um, Supreme Court came in and said smoking marijuana or eating marijuana or consuming marijuana is a right yeah which is my problem with the roe versus wade sure unless that is a thing then yes i think individual states can make their own decisions why did the house do that i, why, I think is that a thing why did they do that instead of Who? passing covid yeah i'm stuff? worried about COVID. like okay marijuana Sure. hey that's your party buddy well, like i don't yeah why i don't know why we did that <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying it's not an issue I'm just saying I I want another stimulus check. It's what i <laughs> worried about right now. I want another $1,200. Stimulus,
1: guys. That's what I'm thinking about right now.
0: Uh, don't worry. It'll pass once uh, Joe Biden's inaugurated. Yeah. Um, oh, we saw a thing that uh, Trump was planning on announcing his 2024 candidates oh, during the inauguration. Yes, <laughs> which is the most Trump thing you can think of. So petty. <laughs> That's so funny. (laughs) But it's funny. Oh, man. Can you imagine? It would be very humorous. The drama. (laughs) We're just living in a reality TV episode at this point. Just an episode. That's the cliffhanger at the end of the season. Yep. Is when Trump's like, I'm coming back. And then we cut to black. Yep. For four years. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. Okay. Is there anything else? Yeah, probably. I don't know. The monolith disappeared. And then they found a new oh, one. Oh yeah. And then that one disappeared. Yeah. What's Woo! that about? We got aliens, fam. I don't know what that's about that's fun. We got aliens. 2020 just keeps swinging. It's just getting better. Yep. It's almost over. Hang in there, guys. Yeah. We're doing great. Yeah. Well, well. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing. We're, we're doing here. it. We're doing it. Yeah, it's gonna be fine. Things are gonna work out. Okay, so that's all the news that I've got. Um that's all I can think about. And so let's get into it. Um we're talking about race in America. Yeah. So specifically, like Stuart had said, when we were talking about BLM and finished the B's and have now moved on to the C's and we're thinking about Civil War and Confederacy and how that bleeds into a much larger topic about race and racial issues in the United States. Um, that's kind of where I think we were going to start. Yeah. So I know you wanted to talk about the Confederate statues. Yeah. So, so that's a thing that has now bled into other countries. Cause you've seen the UK tearing down statues and things like that. Sure. It's something that Trump has defended multiple times, keeping Confederate monuments up and accused the left of trying to erase history. Um, and I, you know, I don't know, how, how, how do you, how, how do you feel about <laughs> it? Do, I don't know. I guess, so if we're going off the pattern of what we've done the last few times, from what I can tell, there seems to be from the right, my best guess mm-hmm. is a concern about erasing or denying history. Okay. Um, and you know, I've seen people, if we're talking about Confederate monuments and Confederate symbols, I'm also thinking about, you know, the Confederate flag. Um, how Mississippi just removed the Confederate flag from their state flag and things like that, and so I've seen people from the right saying that it's a heritage thing, like this is my heritage, my family lived in the Confederacy, so I have the right to fly this flag. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I guess that's the arguments that I see for mm-hmm. maintaining those. Mm-hmm um same thing when we talk about renaming like military bases that have been named after confederate generals and stuff like that i saw trump saying something about i don't even remember what he said about it but basically the 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 arguments that i see are like they're there don't touch them we can't change history why are you trying to move this like just leave it who cares you know Mm -hmm. that's what i see that's what i have discerned okay and from the left i think it's pretty. Apparent, I think the the argument is not only were these people slave owners and were purporters of slavery, but they were also traitors to the country. Mm. Right? Like they were also people who decided, okay, I'm not a part of this country anymore and fought a war against the United States. <laughs> so, um, why would we have a statue of these people? And I think that's generally the left's argument, which I think is a is a fair one, um, but is there anything else as far as the left goes on top of that? um Yeah, I think racial oppression mm-hmm. and the fact that like no one wants to be black and see their neighbors flying a Confederate flag. Sure, that makes you uncomfortable. Sure, just um, like if you were a Nazi, you wouldn't. Or if you were a Jew. <laughs> <laughs> well, and 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 yeah, and your neighbor said something like, "Nazism is my heritage. Yeah. My great grandpa was a Nazi. I yeah. have a right to fly this flag." Yeah. yeah, I think that would make most Americans pretty uncomfortable. Yeah, no, I think so too. Um, and so it's something that I struggle to understand, and I, you know, admittedly haven't done a whole lot of reading into <laughs> it. Um, I, I'm not sure. I think you're pretty much on the nose for the okay. left when we're like, "Yeah, why would you name a military base after a?" Seditionist—that yeah. doesn't make any sense. Yeah, even if you know, maybe he was a great general in a lot of ways. Sure. I think I think there are two different arguments here from the rights perspective. I think right the the, the right side of the aisle is very very big on states' rights versus federal government rights, mm. and in a lot of ways, there are a lot of people out there who think that that's essentially what the Civil War was about. And it was about the states having the right to kind of like the abortion issue again, states Uh having the right to make their own decisions about slavery without the federal government getting involved and saying, no, I don't, I don't agree with that because I think we're talking about the rights of human beings and states should not have the rights to decide whether or not an individual get that right, get those rights. I think the federal government's job is to protect people's rights. Um, and so, but that's the argument coming from the right. And especially when you talk about the South, there's a very, very rich history and rich heritage of this is my state. Like Texas, for example. Oh, yeah. Like Texas was its own country for a while. Like there's a very. Yes. <laughs> what is flying overhead here? There's a. It sounds like a helicopter. Okay. Sorry if you guys had to hear that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but, but yeah, like Texas – my wife and I are thinking about tex- moving to Texas, by the way. Um, and so there's a very rich feeling of, oh, I'm from Texas. Like, oh. like Texas is my home and my place. And so a lot of these statues and a lot of these Confederate monuments are – celebrating my state instead of celebrating the country necessarily there's a state celebration and not a national celebration so i think that's one side of the argument because that's deals with like the statues and things like that but as far as military bases go i kind of agree with the left (laughs) to be 100 percent honest i think that you're talking about literally a different country at that point it was the confederate States uh like they were their own country Uh or wanted to be at that point, even though legally the legality of that is skewed. But right. Well, I think they're declared independence technically. Yeah. So that's true. Um, But yeah, so nationally, I don't really get it either. Um, To be honest, I, but on a state by state basis, I can see the argument because now we're talking about, okay, my state is represented by this person. And he doesn't just represent slavery mm. or the fight for slavery. He represents my state's independence from the federal government and my state's ability to separate itself from the federal government to an extent. Gotcha. So it's a state's rights issue and not necessarily a traitor is issue. Okay. And like maybe a state cultural and a state independence issue. Yes. Because when – when I hear people say, because one thing that we were talking about when we were discussing what to to talk about today is that it used to be okay, at least I thought it used to be okay to say that the Civil war was about slavery,
1: mm-hmm. and yeah.
0: now I hear people saying it wasn't about slavery, it's about states' rights, mm-hmm. and my thought has always been, okay, well it was about the states' rights to own slaves, Correct. like it was about... <laughs> I mean, and you could say, well, it was about the state's rights to, you know, control their own economies and to have some independence from the federal government. But ultimately, I think that that the fact that so much of their economy was based on slavery and the fact that so much of their independence was centered on, well, I don't know if I can say that their independence was centered on slavery necessarily. But Mm -hmm. so it's interesting to hear then that, you know, to have a state culture and to say I'm from Texas. That means more than I'm from a former Confederate state. Yep. That makes sense. I think that you should be able to have some pride for being from Texas. You shouldn't necessarily be embarrassed. I mean, I I think you should be embarrassed. (laughs) Maybe that Texas was part of the Confederates. Yes. I think that that Texas was a seditionist state. Mm -hmm. Maybe that should cause you some shame. Yeah. But I think that there's a lot of, pride that you could have for being from texas i wish that maybe there were a better way to express that sure rather than saying like here's our great confederate general um to be like well let's focus on maybe the great other good things about being from texas you know well for example like and also these were actual people Mm -hmm. right like it wasn't just that robert e lee was like a confederate general there are other things about him that i think people may admire like sure for example, we're both members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Yeah. And <laughs> when you start talking about historical figures from the church, it gets interesting. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so in, in BYU, they actually did like deface a Brigham Young statue at BYU this Oh, yeah, because he was pro-slavery. Mm-hmm. I learned about I was reading about yeah. that. So, that was very interesting. So people actually defaced the statue of Brigham Young, who we believe was a prophet, and so when we start talking about that, it, it now kind of gets into the issue, well, no, you shouldn't deface a statue of, of Brigham Young, like he's a prophet. So it's it's a very similar thing in the sense that someone from Texas may look at a statue of a Confederate soldier or Confederate general and go, okay, yeah, he may have done some different things, but no, you shouldn't deface the statue of of that guy. Yeah, Like maybe they don't hold him to the standard of a prophet, but... It, I, th- I feel like it's very similar. Maybe I'm off a little bit. I, yeah, I think so. I agree with you to a degree. Yeah. I think so specifically, and this is coming from John Oliver. So okay. I don't know how reliable. Take sure. this with a grain of salt. Sure. So I was watching a John Oliver video about Confederate monuments. Mm-hmm. And I watched it like six months ago. It was uh-huh. a while ago. I don't even remember. <laughs> but So one of the arguments that I saw is that a lot of i don't know if i can say most of there was a surge of confederate monuments built in the 1960s okay as kind of a response to the civil rights movement okay which i think again if someone's shouting in your face like you texan slave owner how dare you mm-hmm. then you might want to be like well fine. Fine. (laughs) So like, there's a lot of great things about Texas. So now I'm going to make a statue. Like I understand why people resist that kind of, you know, accusations and things like that. Sure. But, but you know, a lot of Confederate monuments are from before the 1960s. So I guess I, yeah, I don't have a good answer for that. It's tricky. Yeah. I think that, that monuments have been used to try and remind black people of their place quote unquote. Sure. And percent that's not okay no um but at the same time you know i can also appreciate that these were round characters rounded individuals who have more to who they are even if you know part of who they are is even if yeah even if general lee's (laughs) crowning achievement was leading the confederacy to try and protect the state's rights to own slaves there may have been a lot of other good i should say there may have been good things that he did a lot of other good things <laughs> not other yeah let me let me step back from that. <laughs> leading the confederacy was probably not a good thing correct. i feel like i can say that pretty soon i think that's a fairly objective thing very,
1: at I this think, point we kind of fought a war over it
0: <laughs> i think that's objectively a correct statement i think there may have been good things that he did and i think it makes sense to try and remember those things um and so, so yeah I, it doesn't make sense to try and erase him from history. I don't think that removing statues from him does that. I think that I removes- I think that's a fair argument too. Yeah, I think that, you know, I don't think statues educate us. I think statues glorify points of history. You know, I'm not saying that we should take him out of textbooks. I'm not saying that we should take him out of classes. Um, and, you know, maybe we should take down all the statues that were made in the 1960s and after but i yeah again when you talk about brigham young i believe brigham young was a prophet of god yeah. i also know he was pro slavery and that causes a lot of conflict in my mind sure. so i'm not sure how to resolve that to be 100% honest sure and i, I think know. i think there's i i don't i don't really care one way or another maybe it's because i'm not from a quote unquote southern state um, Sure. so i don't i don't personally care one way or another um, if the monuments are there or not. But I, maybe that shows my level of ignorance as well because there are definitely some people who care that they're there. Oh, yeah. And who are offended by them. Mm-hmm. And there are definitely some people who care that who want them there. Yeah. And and so um, me from an outsider perspective... It's hard to say. It It, it really is, I think we're not Southern and we're not black. Yep. So <laughs> I may be Southern here soon. But hey, yeah, there you go. And yeah.
1: yeah,
0: but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I've been torn on that issue for a while. I don't, I know that it's a big issue in the South and I know you can understand why, but when, when the Brigham Young thing happened, it kind of brought me into it a little bit and was, and I was like, okay, I don't think you should be doing that. Um, because he's a because he's a rounded individual yeah and has many qualities but at the same time I understand that we want to be fighting racism oh yeah and maybe it could be more of what they what we remember them for you know yeah. we don't remember I don't believe that Brigham Young was a prophet because he was pro-slavery Correct. I believe he was a prophet because I believe he communicated with God. And led an exodus of marginalized and um, persecuted people out of the United States. Um, Whereas I believe Robert E. Lee fought to defend slavery, among other things, right? Yep. So, yeah, nobody's perfect. But I'd be okay leaving up a statue of Brigham Young because I think that his legacy is, is much more than bigotry. And I think the bigotry that he harbored is a much smaller part of his legacy That makes sense. than other aspects. Yeah. No, I, I think know. that's true. Um, so yeah, it's, it sounds like we're both kind of, it's tricky. Yeah. We've, we've, I think we've covered both sides of the issue fairly Yeah, in depth. And I, I think we're both a little bit in the middle, mm-hmm. um, on it. Um, Yeah, if you guys have other things that you think about, email us. Yeah, absolutely. Put email in in the description of our thing. Yeah, I mean (laughs) the podcast description. (laughs) We'll respond because we have seven followers at this point. So I mean there's probably not a lot of emails we're gonna get. So we'll respond to you. Nobody's emailed us yet. (laughs) I check every day. (laughs) Somebody please (laughs) give us things.
1: Give us Um, feedback.
0: Tell us what to talk about. Yeah. Let us know if we're off the mark or if we're hitting it or if there's things that we're forgetting. Yeah. Um so we'll kind of let the time run out here and then we'll start up the part two i because we can only record 30 seconds at a time all right all right we're back so moving on from the confederacy and the civil war and monuments um the next thing that we were thinking about talking about was slavery reparations fun which was again okay back when i was a kid I was like oh this is easy i got this civil war yeah that's about slavery i was like oh yeah reparations no one's talking about that anymore in fact i learned today that back in 2016 barack obama said that slavery reparations were the word he used was like impractical or impossible or something like we had a black president who was like nah this is never gonna happen you know but now like there have been a lot of people from the left and i'm gonna say this with some caution, the farther left that I think are trying to push the idea of slavery reparations. Mm-hmm. So it's not something that I would never really thought about until you brought it up last week, because I was like, oh, nobody's talking about that. But there are people talking about that, I've since learned. <clears throat> um, so let's talk about it. Yeah. It's an issue again. Yep. I don't agree with it hardly at all. Um, I think I think it's a really big... Something that I've thought a lot about is just, and I think we talked about a little bit last week, at what point does individual responsibility come into play? I think there are some issues that we need to solve to make things better for people of color in this country. Mm -hmm. Um, We talked about policing last time, I mean... um, figuring out how to fix the education system in rural neighborhoods. I think it's through school choice and and letting them choose other schools outside of rural neighborhoods and make and maybe that means property taxes shouldn't be thing the thing that's directly funding schools. Um but there are things that we need to take care of to make things to make things equal at this point for yeah. people of color. There are still some things that we need to do. With that being said, we, like I said last week, we're all born into different circumstances and to better or worse circumstances in our lives depending on the family we were born into. So at what point does our own individual responsibility to make good decisions come into play? And I want to run some some stats by you. Sure. Um, so but in the 1960s, the single motherhood rate In the black community was 20%. It was 20% in the 1960s. Do you know what it is today? I do not know what it is. It is 70%. That is a higher number. (laughs) (laughs) It is 70% today. Hmm. Then it and it was in 1960s in the height of the civil rights movement. It was 20%. Okay, so I I do think that does have a direct impact on the economic success of the black community. So it gets a little tough to kind Uh of figure out, okay, where does individual choices and individual responsibilities come into play here? So why would individual choices or individual responsibilities be an issue when we're talking about double versus single parent households? Well, because I mean, if you're talking about a father mm-hmm. who decides to walk out on his family, that's an individual decision for him to make.
1: That may so, affect his
0: children, but that doesn't have a that doesn't mean that the federal government of the United States or the United States and it's of itself caused him to walk out on his family. Okay, and that may make things hard for his children growing up. Because they're living in a single mother household. But is that something that the United States is responsible for covering? I don't personally think so. Do we know if the single parent household number trend has followed in other communities? Like, are there more single white mothers now than there are black mothers as well? Um, let's find out. I don't know. Cause cause my thought. Mm-hmm. Is that there could be a lot of reasons? Absolutely. Why? I think some of it would be, you know, dads walking out on their families. Sure. Um, in fact, I think that's probably more the case. When I think about rising divorce rates mm-hmm. since the nineteen sixties, after the sexual revolution, big problem. Like that big problem. I, yeah, like we know that there's going to be a lot more single mothers now, probably across the board than there were back then. And I don't know if that's a uniquely black issue. Mm -hmm. Um, and it would be wrong for, for, I, I I think your point is, and maybe you said this, but it's wrong for the federal government to subsidize that if this is, you're just walking out on your family, it doesn't make any sense for us to pay you money if you could have avoided that, right? Also the high school, also also the high school graduation rate has increased. I think it's somewhere around 50% of black People in the United States don't graduate from high school. Do not or black graduate. black men. Yeah. More than... So black men used to graduate more is what you're saying. I think so. I think that's what the okay. stat is. So yeah. So I would want to know why. Like exactly. we talked about, you know, last time we talked about some issues in the justice system. Mm-hmm. I think the fact that black men are disproportionately jailed is going to be one reason that we have more single-parent households. 100%. Um, I think, I, yeah. And I think this is where we kind of get into an argument over, and we want to be very, very careful here. Sure. (laughs) An argument over race versus culture.
1: Mm Because I think
0: that's an important distinction. I think if you're judging someone based on the color of their skin solely. Like if a black baby and a white baby were born at the same time and you looked at the white baby and said, that baby is better because it's white. That's a problem. Uh-huh. But I personally think it's totally fair to have criticisms of certain cultures that don't necessarily just have to do with race. Mm-hmm. Because I think we can... Most, I think that you can agree that cultures, you can say one culture is better than another. We bring up Nazis again. The Nazi culture was bad. Oh, yeah. And worse than the Western culture. Which is fine, because Nazis not a race. Sure, yes. We don't want to say that Aryans are worse no. than other people. But no. I, I'd feel justified saying Nazis are worse. Sure, sure. <laughs> but I think, I think there's an important distinction between race and culture. I think culture is something that can be decided and chosen, and you can make individual choices to change the culture, whereas race is something that cannot be changed. And I think it's fair to criticize culture, not fair to criticize race. So, yeah. So then if we're talking about black culture mm-hmm. as opposed to black race... I think there are things in the black culture currently that are fair to criticize. Mm. Okay. Because, again, I think that's those are decisions being made by people and aren't necessarily things that are just inherent, that they have no control over. Sure. The things that they have no control over, I think, not fair to criticize and wrong. But I would make the argument that if you're choosing to make certain decisions that now define your culture, I would make the argument that that's fair to, to criticize to an extent. Okay. Sure. And I think that there's got to be a reason then if we can say that there's some issues with black culture, Mm -hmm. then those issues, those choices that tend to be made. So let's say, for example, let's just throw out a hypothetical here, Mm -hmm. going back to the single parent household. For example, if we say that black men are more likely to walk out on their families than white men. Statistically, not inherent. And, and well, And And I I think that's an important distinction. Well, and I don't even know if that's true. I'm just saying hypothetically, you know, let's say that if that were true, that that's a black culture issue, Mm -hmm. well, this is dangerous. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And and, And let me be clear. There are problems with all cultures. White people, white culture, there are some things that are wrong with. I just think it's fair. I think it's fair to criticize culture in general, not just black culture. Right. I think it's fair to criticize culture in general and there are just some things in the black culture that i think are fair to criticize. and so let's and so let's say that this is a thing that is and I'm looking a at cultural it right now. trend that we could criticize. Mm-hmm. i would want to know cuz i don't think that there's anything about black skin that necessarily would cause that culture to no. suddenly appear, right? Correct. there's got to be a reason why this cultural trend exists True. if it does hypothetically, yeah. you know? yes. um and so I would wonder what we can do because it it doesn't make any sense to me that black people as a culture would just be like, yeah, it's cool to walk out on your family. Mm -hmm. Like why is that a thing that people tend to be doing more in this community? Mm -hmm. And so when I'm, when we're talking about slavery reparations, my immediate thought again, All the time I'm realizing that I go back to this is like investing in those communities. And so like up until the 60s, the fact that black and white kids couldn't go to school together, the white schools were better and the black schools were worse. Yeah. And the fact that we have discrimination in housing laws Mm -hmm. up until recently, we can see that there are these trends where black communities tend to be poorer and white communities tend to be richer. Sure. And the ability and the opportunity for those black people to move away from those cultures is limited. Yes. So I think there are things that we need to do from a government standpoint to invest in black communities to help change those cultures. And I think that's fair because I think if it's not an inherent race thing, which I don't think it is, and I think you're racist if you think it is, um... If it is not an inherent race thing, then there must be another factor. If they are not just walking out on families just because they're black, then there must be another factor there that causes that, right? In their culture, and I think that means that some of the things that we've done as a as a country, historically, plays a, plays a, plays has an effect has a factor, has a factor mm-hmm. is a factor, and so I think it's fair to say. That because of some of our criminal justice laws, because of some of our um, historical racism in the United States, that could cause the single motherhood rate in the black community to increase. To be higher. Yeah. To be higher. I think that's a fair argument. I just think we have to be very careful when talking about slavery reparations to discuss how much of that is individual choices. And how much of it is historical racism playing a factor? Because there are some individual choices that come into there that play a factor. Yeah. And so if we're talking about slavery reparations in terms of just cutting checks Mm -hmm. to descendants of slaves. Mm -hmm. So what what you're saying is we need to tease apart how much money are we going to going to give you based on because you... Come from slaves. How much money are we going to give you, just because, uh, just because you're black and because you're poor? Mm-hmm. Maybe there are choices that you made that contribute to that. Yes. Okay. Which I think I think is the crux of the conservative argument against slavery reparations is not so much that you're opposed to. Evening the playing field Mm -hmm. for people who were affected, but we have to be careful to not just generally say slavery reparations for all black people because they were all affected because there is, there are some individual choices there that play a factor to their current situation. I see what you're saying. And and so I think that the left response to that then is going to be like that maybe it's harder for them to make those choices because of a lack of opportunity because of the racism that's existed in our country. So if you have crappier schools, mm-hmm. if you have a harder time getting jobs,
1: mm-hmm.
0: then, you know, if your dad gets arrested, <laughs> then it's a lot easier to do things like turn to drugs, turn to gangs, sure. make some of these quote unquote individual choices, but you know, that create a culture mm-hmm. But we've kind of pressured them into having to go that route. Sure. Whereas, you know, if slavery had never been a thing, if Jim Crow had never been a thing, if segregation had never been a thing, then we would have been on a much more equal ground and they would have had an opportunity to build a much more wholesome culture and a much more wealthy culture. Um, and so the left sees the need to make reparations because we feel like <laughs> it's America's fault <laughs> mm-hmm. that even though there are individual choices being made, that we've kind of pushed them into these areas and pushed them into having to make these choices because there's just not a whole lot of black opportunity in our country. Sure. And I think, I think those are fair arguments. I really do. I think, I think that... And I think it, it really depends on... What comes first, right? I think... Go ahead. Well, I was mm-hmm. going to say, yeah. T- no, no, sorry. I was going to derail you. You just keep going. Okay, oh, okay. <laughs> so <laughs> my response would be, I think that what should come first before we talk about slavery reparations is, are maybe fixing some of those other things Oh yeah, that are currently wrong and seeing if that has an effect and evens the playing field a little bit. Yes. And Instead of just saying, okay, we did these things wrong in the past, so here's some reparations when we still have these things that are wrong, I don't think that's a solution to the problem. Yeah. If we still need – if we still see some issues in the black community that after five, six, seven years of maybe evening the playing field and fixing some of the problems that are currently wrong,
1: uh-huh. then
0: maybe we can come back and talk about, okay, there's still, there's still a problem what's the problem. But I tend to think if you figured out how to fix the education system in poor rural communities, in poor, poor black communities, if you fix the criminal justice system and made some of those changes, I think you would see some of these things, some of these problems kind of fade away, even yes. though we had slavery, even though we had these major issues I think if you even out the playing field, you don't – you won't need to throw reparations at people. Because they'll have the opportunity to pull themselves out. And that's the the beauty of the country, right? Yes. That's the point is we're not supposed to be as a country just throwing things saying, okay, you were affected by this. So here's the federal government coming in and giving you money. We're supposed to give you an opportunity to be able to pull yourselves up and do it the problem is there are still some problems that are currently happening yep. that prevent the black community from doing that perfect so if we fix those problems i don't think reparations will be necessary yeah see i was going to derail you and you just walked right to it. <laughs> i was going to talk so it's perfect <laughs> honestly like i think reparations and when i say reparations i think we need to say reparate monetary reparations yeah specifically just cutting black people a check. Yeah. And I say black people, and technically that's not accurate either, because one of the concerns about reparations is what about black people from the children of immigrants that have come since slavery? Sure. Should they also sure. receive reparations? Sure. Um yeah, I think you can give a man to fish, you can teach a man to fish. Yep. I cutting I keep saying cutting a check. I don't want to say that anymore. I think <laughs> monetary reparations I think might be a great symbolic gesture to say, hey, sure. sorry I think that's what it is. But yeah. And I think that that's the arguments that I see from the little bit of reading that I did is a lot of the people who are pushing this are saying this is the right thing to do. We didn't give these people opportunities and now they're poor. So let's give them some money. Sure. Because that's because, you know, we gave reparations to uh, Japanese interned people from world war II. Sure. We gave, I learned this. We gave reparations to slave owners (laughs) for taking their (laughs) slaves away. (laughs) So Which is just anyway, so like it kind of but as a symbolic gesture, maybe it's nice, but it's not gonna fix the problem. I don't think it might on paper lower that wage gap. sure, but I think that's mm. just putting a band-aid on the wound. Sure. I don't think that that would give black people the opportunities that they need to progress in the country mm-hmm. And so you know if you want to, according to some estimates, pay 17, 20 trillion dollars, to black people just as a here you go stop whining you could do that i think our country could figure out a way to do that i don't think that's going to fix the problem no i think I we think need so to we invest can. in education i think we need to invest in jobs i think that's what affirmative action was trying to do um and maybe did it more or less successfully and was obviously controversial <laughs> yes um but yeah yeah i don't i don't think just throwing money at people's going to fix the problems and i i think that I would my problem with affirmative action specifically, we talked about it a little bit last week. Yeah. Is if there's a rich black kid and a poor white kid, the rich black kid is going to get a higher SAT score for the same answers than the poor white kid with affirmative action. I wouldn't have a problem with affirmative with quote unquote affirmative action based on communities or based on like zip code or oh. things like that. As opposed to based on race. Yes. Because Based on like zip code or based on certain communities, then you would say, okay, this person probably had a little bit of a tougher time because they live in a poorer neighborhood. Mm. They do, they that's objective. Yeah. They absolutely live in a poorer neighborhood. So maybe we should cut them some slack because they had to overcome more than the rich kid over here. And I think that might be more effective with quote unquote affirmative action based on non-monetary things right instead of just saying okay you're black here's this because that's that's not fair to the poor white kid in my in my eyes sure so my argument would be based on zip code based on neighborhood Mm -hmm. yeah okay that's interesting instead of instead of basing it on race the, yeah, because I think the, the reason that affirmative action came around and the reason why people from the left still sometimes push it, which I don't know how big, mm-hmm. I don't know how big of an issue affirmative action is right now. I don't know whether people are even still trying to put, and maybe they are, Yeah, but um, the, the study that I had found <laughs> where I was like, okay, yeah, maybe I get this affirmative action thing is that some of the prejudice that exists in our institutions based solely on race. Like, so they've done these studies that show that when you submit two, and I'm sure you've seen this, right? The two resumes, the two resumes, exactly the same merits on both same education, same work experience. One has a white name. One has a black name. The white name is more likely to be chosen. Sure. So it makes sense that you would be like, okay, well then to even this out, why don't we say that you have to take a certain number of black people? So to kind of balance out that the already unfair playing field that is based solely on race Mm -hmm. that makes sense to me why you might want to do that but then yeah sucks for the white kid except that being born white you already have those advantages right so it's already sucks for everyone else but the problem is is if you already have those advantages not only are the advantages taken away if you're saying that a company has to hire a certain number of black people but now you're the one with the disadvantage
1: because if a company
0: only has a certain number of spots and x amount of spots have to be filled by a race quota Mm
1: -hmm.
0: whether it's black mexican or whatever then in my eyes not only do you have not have an advantage as a white person you now have a disadvantage because you're competing for the same number of spots but certain number of spots have to go to people of a different race. Sure. So you cannot be included in those spots at all. Right. Which, which as we have right now, right. So it's just shifting the disadvantage from black people who aren't going to get chosen because they're black to white people who now aren't going to get chosen because they're white. Sure. But, but the thing is we don't know for certain that the black person is not going to be chosen because they're black we're We're making a a a general statement i mean I'm just looking at it from an individual standpoint, right? Sure. like an individual company, not generally because generally speaking, you're right, generally uh-huh. speaking, yes, white names chosen above black names, yeah, but an individual company that say has five spots that they need to hire for, and three of them have to be filled by black people.
1: Uh-huh.
0: now, not only. Now you're not competing for five spots as a white person. You're competing for two Uh with all of the other people. Whereas if we didn't have any type of affirmative action, Uh that employer may not be basing their decision based on a white or black name. So you're saying that there are individual people who maybe aren't implicitly biased who are already hiring fairly. Correct. Okay. Correct. Who are already hiring fairly, but now they can't. Now, the ability to hire fairly is taken away away. by the federal government coming in and saying, no, you have to put X amount of black people in your workforce. What if those quotas were based on population demographics? Like, what if, you know, your area is 50% black, 50% white? The government says you have to hire 50% black people, you have to hire 50% white people. I think that's, I think that's a, I think that's a better argument. Mm -hmm but i still you would it, i think it, that's just kind of a base level solution because you would then have to look at okay how many white people versus how many black people usually take this type of job uh-huh. or how many because how many applications did you receive from black people or white uh-huh. people and if you're wanting to make it completely equal i don't think you're ever going to get there you're never going to stomp out right the bias completely. Yeah. And so I don't think it's necessarily effective to just s- switch the biased, which is how I see affirmative action, mm-hmm. is it's switching the biased from a bias against black people to now there's a legal bias against white people. Right. Yeah, ideally we wouldn't need it, right? Yeah. I, I, I think it's kind of a band-aid again. Like yes. if we can, if we truly have country with no racism with no implicit biases with equal opportunity regardless of race then we would never need affirmative action sure and you're going to you're going to if we fix all those things that we can fix on a government level Mm -hmm. you're going to have people with individual biases about everything yeah if we've if we've really fixed the problem from a government perspective we're never going to stomp out individual biases Right. People are going to be racist, people are going to be sexist, people are going to be anti-LGBTQ. People are going to be prejudiced against white people.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, there people are going to be biased in every sense of the word. And I don't think the federal government is going to stomp that out <laughs> by <laughs> forcing sure. their hand. I think that's I think that's a problem that's going to have to be fixed over time. Mm-hmm. Because here's an argument from the left perspective is we're still only 60 years removed from legalized racism. Yep. Like some <laughs> of those people are still alive. Oh yeah. And they're grandparents or parents of people now. Like you were grandparents and parents, and you've raised those kids based on a certain set of values. So I tend to think that over time. Those values will kind of be filtered out, yeah. Naturally, because you, this parent's going to be less racist than the grandparent. And uh-huh. This kid's going to be less racist. Kid's going to be less racist, and it's eventually going to figure figure itself out. And the federal government can't can't correctly fix the problem itself. Sure. There's nothing we can do. It's a sad thing to say, but I don't think there's a thing that can be done from a government level that can f- fairly stomp it out. I see what you're saying. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and, and, I, and I hope that that's the case, right? I hope that, that, I think it's fair to say, hopefully black people now, the black experience in America is better than it was in the 1960s. I would assume it is. <laughs> I, it better be better than it was in the 1860s, right? <laughs> so I, I think, hopefully we're getting that direction. And yeah, the government can only do so much. I think we as a country need to be unified, need to be kind, need to be Christ-like need to put aside differences and racial biases acknowledge them and then you know here's a stat for you that kind of is another thing reason why I think America is the greatest country in the world do you know that the black black people in America black americans mm-hmm. have the 17th largest economy in the world of any country the 17th highest e- economy just because there's a lot of them, and they're in America, which tends to be good. No, but like just taking or... taking their economic growth and their economic like st- place. Like if you were to compare black GDP to like Sweden's GDP. <laughs> yep. If you were to compare no, black GDP and the the economies yeah. of the black community in America, they are the 17th highest economy, largest economy in the world. That's good. That is good. We like that. Yep. We yeah. We want everyone in America to be wealthy and happy and privileged you know correct i think that'd be great i think so too and i think hopefully we're on the right road to getting there yep so now that you've listened to like two hours of two white guys talking about race i guess just want to oh because of beyond yeah 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 yep yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 thank you thank you <laughs> if you're still here <laughs> thank you for listening to <laughs> so two, two white guys talk about race maybe that's a new name for the podcast two white guys talk about um so you want to talk about covid oh yeah that's great let's talk about covid all right that's so good next week next week we're talking about covid yep um coronavirus yep um and we'll get into that so thanks for listening everybody have a great week we're gonna play some video games yep
1: Bye. bye